is a big part of our lives. I think you already knew that. Sometimes it seems like a lot of the time we're either eating, uh, we're getting ready to eat, or we're recovering from eating. <laughs> uh, we, uh, we've developed certain tastes for certain foods. Uh, some of you uh, crave certain things at certain times. Friday nights, I'm always hungry for pizza because we almost always have pizza on Friday nights. Uh, so maybe you do Taco Tuesdays at your house. I don't know. Uh, it, maybe, maybe you just crave, th- maybe your food, you have a favorite food and you just can't get enough of it. And whenever you have it, that's what, uh, whenever you can have it, that's what you, sometimes the cravings are just irresistible. Today, we're on number four of our series, uh, hashtag bleft. You like my little glowing hashtag? Found that yesterday. It was, was kind of cool. Uh, all right. Well, I'll enjoy it anyway. Um, Number four of the, the list uh, that Jesus, Jesus made this, the, started off his uh, Sermon on the Mount with this list of uh, blessed people. And, uh, and he's, it has a lot to do with people who are hungry and thirsty. Up to this point, we've seen that Jesus uh, in this list pronounces people blessed who aren't necessarily the people that we would say are, are blessed. Uh, uh, the, the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek. Uh, and yet Jesus says it's people like that who, who are getting a taste of his kingdom, who are experiencing his presence, who are experiencing his blessing. And so I want us to read through this list again. Again, it's, it's in Matthew chapter 5. Uh, it says that Jesus went up on the mountainside and gathered his disciples around him, and then he began to teach. And when he started teaching, he started with this list of people who are blessed. So Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 3. It says this, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Verse 6, the fourth one in the list, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. That metaphor of, uh, of hunger and thirst is actually quite common throughout scripture in referring to spiritual things. So taking this, this physical uh, drive and desire that we have for, for something to drink and something to eat and, and applying it to our spiritual lives, it, it's nothing new in scripture. Jesus wasn't coming up with something brand new. Uh, uh, the, the, the uh, scripture is, is filled with it. Just a few examples. Psalm 42 verses 1 and 2. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? You sense that desire there. Isaiah 55, 1 and 2. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. You who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest of fare. 1 Peter 2, 2 and 3, like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Psalm 107, 8 and 9, let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind for he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. 
John 4, 13 and 14, uh, Jesus is talking to the, 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 the woman from Samaria, the woman at the well, and he says, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And Psalm 34, 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. And then, of course, here in the Beatitudes, Jesus calls out hunger and thirst as prerequisites for blessing. This is, this isn't a trip to the buffet that Jesus is talking about. He's not saying just people that are hungry or people that are thirsty, but specifically people who are hungering and thirsting for righteousness. They're the ones who are hashtag blessed. So we need to find out what righteousness is if we're, if we know what, uh, what we're, so we know what we're supposed to hunger and thirst after, right? So, uh, this, this word can mean justice. Uh, and, and so, uh, some say that Jesus is talking here about people who are seeking out justice in the world. Hungering for righteousness would be hungering for justice to play out in the world. These are the people who would be lifting up the downtrodden, speaking up for the oppressed, giving a voice to the people that don't have a voice. They are hungering and thirsting for justice to be served in the world. And and all of that is is great, and we should be hungering and thirsting for justice, and it may even be uh, part of what Jesus meant here, but, but I don't think it's the primary thing that Jesus is talking about. Uh, because righteousness... Uh, it. Even more than meaning justice, righteousness has to be, uh, has everything to do with being found right in God's eyes or being approved by God. Whenever I think of righteousness, I, I think of holiness. And, and whenever I think about holiness, I think about trying to, uh, to do the right things, right? Trying to be good. Uh, uh, but, but even that is, is a little bit, uh, skewed of a, of a, of an idea of what righteousness is because, uh, just trying to be good doesn't give the, uh, the, the appearance of what this, what's really means. Uh, righteousness has less to do with perfect performance and more to do with a close relationship with God. Righteousness means being rightly related to God. I think that's the definition we need to settle into here. If we're hungering and thirsting after righteousness, we are, we have a deep, uh, driving desire to be rightly related to God. It's through that relationship then that He makes us holy, that He, that He, He fills us with His holiness and, and with His goodness. I want us also to notice here that, that Jesus doesn't say, uh, blessed are the righteous. Although the righteous probably are blessed, but, but he says it's those who are hungering and thirsting for righteousness who are blessed. It's about the hunger and the thirst, perhaps even more than the righteousness or just as much. So I want to, I want to talk for just a, a little bit and look a little bit deeper at, at hunger and what, what that's all about. Uh, uh, first of all, because hunger, I don't know, sometimes it, it's a, I don't, I, I don't know that we think about it a whole lot. We just kind of, I'm hungry. I'm going to go eat something, right? But hunger uh, is a sign of life, a sign of health. No one teaches a baby to be hungry, right? They just are, like a lot. Uh, and, and it's actually a sign that something is wrong if, if the child doesn't act hungry, right? Uh, one of the first indicators that, that you're getting sick, uh, many times is that you're just not hungry. Uh, I always knew our kids, uh, they, they love to, uh, they've always enjoyed food. And, um, we always knew if, if they, either one of them was, was sick because, oh, I'm not really hungry. What? 
Let's call the doctor. Hunger is a, is a sign of health and a sign of life. Uh, it's interesting then to bring that into the spiritual realm, right? Because if you're not hungry for more of God, if you're not hungry for a right relationship with God, uh, then, then uh, it's a good indicator that something's amiss in your spiritual life. Charles Spurgeon once said, to hunger after righteousness is a sign of spiritual life. Nobody who was spiritually dead ever did this. If you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you are spiritually alive. Hunger is a sign of life and health. Hunger is also an indicator of need. Hunger is is actually a big way that we tell that we're lacking in sustenance, right? Uh, Your body is telling you that it's been too long since your last meal, or maybe it's tricking you a little bit because it's used to eating all the time, right? And and so maybe you don't need to eat, but but your body is saying... Stomach is empty and you need to fill it. There's, there's a lack there that, that, that hunger indicates. It, it indicates an absence of food in your system and the desire for more. Again, Jesus is not uh, in this list lifting up all the righteous people, the people that have it all together, the people who look all holy and, and, and he, he doesn't tag them blessed. He's actually saying the people who are lacking in righteousness the people who are in need of righteousness, the people who are hungering after it. So one of the true marks of a follower of Jesus is not so much about measuring how high we score on the righteous scale, whatever that is, but it's actually a a yearning. How much are we yearning to be more righteous than we are, yearning to to be closer to God than we are, yearning to know him more, longing for more. If you're hungry, it means you realize you're, you're lacking and you need more. Hunger is an indicator of need. Hunger is also a very strong motivator. Hunger drives us. Uh, plants grow roots deeper and deeper and deeper, looking for nutrients to, to, uh, to, to, to bring into their, to, to their lives. We, we, uh, uh, and to help them to grow and mature and all that. Uh, what I, what I thought about, uh, was, was animals that are, that are, I mean, they're driven. Why? What came to mind was this. Hunger is a strong motivator. Are you motivated like that cheetah toward righteousness? Do you hunger after a close relationship with God so much that it, that it drives you like that? That, that, that it's, it's, it's the only thing on that cheetah's mind right then is, is dinner, right? I think we're motivated toward blessing. God, I want to be blessed. God, I want to be blessed. I, I'm seeking out for that blessing. I, I want to be blessed. We want God to smile on us. We want God's favor. The problem comes when we realize that, that I can't just do what I want. I can't just live the way I want to live and make all the choices I want to live and, and still, still have God's blessing. Uh, Pastor Colin Smith puts it this way. Jesus does not say that we are righteous if we hunger and thirst to be blessed. He says that we're blessed if we hunger and thirst to be righteous. So we have to do some soul searching. Am I, am I hungering after righteousness? If you are, then, then Jesus says you'll be filled. 
I'm hungering after righteousness. It's a strong motivator. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, coming from a, a sense of, of, of lack or a sense of need. I need more of God. And so I'm seeking after him and, 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 and I need him more and more. So, so Jesus says, if we're hungering and thirsting after him, uh, we will be filled or it could also be translated satisfied. Maybe that's what it says in your translation. So picture this scene. Maybe a little less, uh, traumatic than, than the last. Although something did die. I'm thinking about Thanksgiving dinner and that turkey gave it all so that you could enjoy a, a good meal. So the turkey's been cooking all day and you're hanging around the house and you're talking with folks and, but you can smell that and it's just getting better and better and better. And, uh, and every once in a while, you know, they open the oven and, and you watch as they baste and it's just golden and it's just, and you, you, and the smell and, and, and all the sides are being finished up and you've got the, the mashed potatoes and the gravy and the stuffing and the green beans with those crunchy little, uh, oniony things, you know, on the top and you, it's, it's all, it just smells amazing. And, and so then finally the word comes and, and says, let's eat and you gather up and you you uh you gather together and ask the lord's blessing right and then it's time to dive right in and you get in line and you grab a plate and you pile it high and it doesn't take long maybe maybe 10 or 15 minutes and you are more than satisfied uh in jesus words you have been filled Maybe to overflowing. I, we're not, we won't go there, but, uh, uh probably not, uh, so much that you can't slide a sliver of pumpkin pie in there too, but maybe you even utter the words, Oh, I don't think I can eat another bite. Whew. Funny thing though, a few hours later, you find yourself with a loaf of bread and, <laughs> and the cold turkey and a jar of mayonnaise, right? <laughs> because hunger is an interesting thing. We can be, we can be satisfied. We can be full. For a while, but it comes back again. And, and that's actually the terminology here that Jesus is using. He says, uh, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. And it maybe sounds like they're going to be filled sometime down the road somewhere. And that's true. And that's a, a major part of this, that, that, that once we get to heaven, once we, once we receive eternal life and, and our reward, we won't have that hunger anymore. We will be fully satisfied. But it also, the, the tense of that and what Jesus is saying here is, is not just that it's coming someday, but that as we keep on hungering, he keeps on filling. Uh, just like we've seen in, in, in these other Beatitudes, there's this, there's this already that I'm experiencing God now, but then there's also this promise of final fulfillment to come. We have a taste of God's righteousness in this life with the hope of complete righteousness in the next. Over 800 years ago, Bernard of Clairvaux, wrote these words. We taste thee, O thou living bread, and long to feast upon thee still. We drink of thee the fountainhead and thirst our souls from thee to fill. Craving Jesus may be a good way to to summarize what Jesus is talking about here. Longing to be filled with righteousness. Longing to be rightly related to God. It sounds like a, a wonderful thing. And, and, and we could, we could, uh, we could stop right there. But unfortunately, as with our physical diets, we don't always hunger for the best things. A health food restaurant opened up and hung a huge sign out front that said, eat here and live a long life. There was a barbecue place two doors down. The next day, they hung a sign out that said, eat here and die happy. 
We don't always make the best food choices. We don't always feed on things that are good for us. We all have those certain cravings. Maybe you're a chocoholic or, or you love sweets, uh, whatever they are. Maybe you, you like the, the savory stuff and the, 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 you're the meat and potatoes kind of person. Or, or maybe for some of you, it's that healthy leafy stuff and, and you kind of crave that. I can't quite relate to that. I mean, I eat it, but I don't know that it's a craving. But anyway, uh, most of us, uh, maybe this is a more of a, uh, huge overarching statement, but, but, but most of us have some bad habits when it comes to satisfying our hunger and thirst physically. We, we crave certain things, probably not the best for us. Uh, we probably give in and, and eat those things from time to time. We crave the things that sound good in the moment, but, but don't necessarily end well. Again, we won't go into details there. Unfortunately, that's, that's true in our, in our spiritual lives as well. We, we find ourselves feeding on things that don't really satisfy. It, it's kind of like maybe what your mother said when you were growing up and you asked to have a cookie half an hour before dinner and, and she said, no, it'll spoil your appetite. Why would she say that? Because you're getting full on something that really isn't going to provide nutrition, uh, isn't going to be the healthiest choice for you, and then it's going to fill you up and there, there won't be room left for what you really need. And Jesus says that, that blessing comes to those who are hungering and thirsting after righteousness. Unfortunately, we tend to have a lot of other cravings that spoil our appetite for the things of God. Richard Foster wrote a book quite a few years ago. Uh, we had a class where we had to read it in college. It was called Money, Sex, and Power. Pretty much the three basic hungers that, uh, that, that, that get us in trouble. I'm sure there are others, but a lot of them fall into one of those three categories. Hungering for money, uh, hungering for sexual gratification, hungering for power has taken many people down wrong roads and away from God. Sin and selfishness perverts the, the, the hungers in our lives. It's not the money that's bad, but the greed. It's not sex that's bad, but the perversions of it. Power isn't bad, but it has to be handled with, with care and discipline. Sin perverts our hunger and spoils our appetite for God. It's not just sin, though. Uh, sometimes we hunger after things that, that really aren't sinful, but they're not righteousness either. We put our hope in, we try to find fulfillment in things like our careers or our educational pursuits or our hobbies or our relationships or even our families. I mean, they're good things. These are all wonderful things. But the last time I checked, none of those things provide eternal life. They don't fully satisfy and they spoil our appetite sometimes for the things of God. I guess I have to be honest. There are times when uh, when I don't, always have a deep hunger for righteousness. Maybe I'm the only one. I'm hoping that there's somebody else here that can relate to that. Sometimes I'm more like a couch potato than a cheetah in my pursuit of righteousness. Can I just say that? Is that all right? Can I? Is that all right? It's, it's in those times or when I think about that, uh, I think, well, it's a good thing that appetite can be cultivated. We can actually train ourselves to have an appetite for, for the things of God. Uh, we don't just say, oh, well, I'm going to hunger for what I hunger. No, appetite can be, can be cultivated. I mean, why is it that I get this little pull towards something sweet and chocolatey after lunch? 
Because many, many days I have practiced and cultivated the, uh, the, the desire uh, and, and fulfilled that desire for having something sweet and chocolatey after lunch. Uh, I cultivated that appetite. Uh, why do I crave McDonald's French fries as soon as I see the golden arches or as soon as I walk through the, the, the doors only to pick up Nick from work? I wouldn't ever go there otherwise. Because I have tasted and seen that fries are delicious. That is why I, because it has cultivated my appetite. I, I, I mean, why do I get the large bucket of popcorn uh, with so much buzzer, butter drizzled on it partway through and then three quarters through and then on the top? And, and I, I have to get that before I sit down at the movies, right? And and then uh, uh why do I do? Because because that's how it's done. I mean, there wouldn't be any other way to do it, right? And 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 of course, after after the show, um, I would have to take that big bucket that gets a refill, and I would have to get it refilled to take it home for the road. Some of you have experienced that, as I have done that. Um, I mean, popcorn for breakfast is a wonderful thing. Why, why would I want that? Why would, because I, over years, and my appetite has been cultivated. Some of you are going, man, you're gross. There's, I don't have an appetite for it. No, but you have appetite for other things. Uh, appetites can be cultivated in, in a, in a positive sense. You have maybe some, some folks, uh, you know, you, maybe you, you have some bad habits and, and, uh, food choices and things over the years, and then it turns into health issues and maybe heart problems or other things. And, and so the doctor says, uh, you, you gotta change. And, uh, and, and so, uh, then they, they change their, their, their appetites or change, change their habits. And over time, it changes their appetites and they start craving the good things instead of craving the bad. We can, we can train ourselves to have an appetite for God. It's not just, oh, well, I guess I'm not craving God or I'll, I'll just wait till I feel it. I love it. Thomas Watson was a was a Puritan uh, uh, pastor and, and wrote some books back in the 1600s. And he says that there are two things that provoke appetite. Go ahead and put them up there. Exercise and sauce. Uh, great spiritual, the divine revelation right there. Um, and I love that because it is. Uh, basically saying hard work or exercise, exerting ourselves, using up the, 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 the energy that, that food creates in us, uh, that, that, uh, builds our hunger then for more. But also, uh, the, the, the having a wonderful taste also, uh, draws us back time and time again. So what does that mean for our spiritual lives? Because I think that is, a spiritual statement. There are things that we can exercise, things that we can do, spiritual things that we do, that as we do them, they generate more appetite or hunger for God. And, and there are also things, as we taste the goodness of God, we are drawn to him more and more. So just a few things I want us to consider today. How do we develop that hunger? How do we cultivate our appetite for God? One thing is to repent. That is uh, some of the hard work uh, to, uh, to, to, that we need to do, the exercise that we need to do is repentance. Some of the things that spoil our appetite for God are outright sinful, and so we need to repent of those things. We need to, repentance is simply turning around and heading in the other direction. We're heading towards sin, now we're heading toward God. 
For some of us, we have to come to the place of not allowing that habit, that sinful choice, that those sinful thoughts, not allowing those things in our lives anymore, but repenting from that and turning toward God and, and, and helping, uh, asking him to help you to do that. Falling on the mercy and the grace of our loving heavenly father who wants, uh, who wants to develop his righteousness and who wants to draw closer to us. Sin spoils our appetite for God, so we need to exercise our repentance muscles. Another thing we can do, very practical thing, is fast. Uh, fasting is simply denying yourself of, uh, of things that might be uh, cluttering up your life, uh, uh, diluting your hunger for the things of God. Maybe they're legitimate things, but they've taken your attention away from God. The hard work of fasting, I believe, develops an appetite for righteousness. People have asked me over the years, different times, uh, wondering uh, why they should fast or, or or what they should fast or what's this all about. And, you know, I, it's it's uh, something that's talked about in Scripture and and, uh, and, and talked about as, as just part of what we do. And, and yet I don't necessarily understand all of the spiritual ramifications of it. But what I do know is that when I intentionally deny myself of something for a spiritual purpose, God speaks in those times. And he draws me closer and, and I have an appetite for him. And as the, the hunger pains might, might growl, I'm, I'm drawn to prayer instead of drawn to food. Food isn't a bad thing. We need to, we need to eat to live. But for a time, sometimes we need to, to fast in order to draw ourselves closer to God and to maybe to break that, that hunger for the things that, that are cluttering things up. In deciding what to fast, I try to evaluate what seems to be creeping in, what seems to be diverting my, my time and attention from God. Uh, Maybe a good question to ask is, uh, what um, what am I hungering after that's not God, that that's not righteousness? Are, are there certain things that I'm that I'm drawn to in in my downtime or in my uh, when and oh I I don't have time for for reading the Bible and and praying, but but I certainly have time for this 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 and this. What is it that's drawing us away from fast that? A whole lot more to talk about in fasting, but that's one way that we can develop this hunger. For righteousness. Uh, find is, is the next one. Find, uh, people who are craving righteousness. There are people who are, who are doing this and when you're around them, it's contagious. Uh, so find people like that and let their appetite rub off on you. You've been there maybe in a, in a group and somebody says, Hey, let's go for ice cream. And you weren't even thinking about ice cream, but now you can't not think about ice cream, right? It's contagious and it, it, uh, it, it rubs off on you. Find people who are hungering and thirsting, not necessarily for ice cream. Although I think that eating a good bowl of ice cream could, could be a religious experience. But um, hungering and thirsty. Find people who are hungering and thirsting after righteousness. Hang out with them. Allow that influence to rub off on you. Uh, let their hunger change yours. Serving, serving in ministry, I think, is a, is a huge way to, uh, to exercise our, our, our muscles toward, uh, toward developing hunger for God. Allow yourself to be used by God on, on behalf of others and, and, uh, and, and see Him move and work in your life and through your life and the lives of others. And, and as you do that, you'll hunger more. Now, one thing that happens is you allow the Holy Spirit not only to fill you, but then to flow out of you into the lives of others. You've got to be filled again and you've got to keep being filled again so that you can give and so that you're serving and, and, and so as we serve and as we exercise those, those muscles of, of ministry and service and allowing God to flow through us, he continues to fill us and, and we continue to hunger for him because we can't do it on our own. We can't do it by ourselves. This is a supernatural thing.
doing. This isn't just, I'm doing this out of my own, my own strengths. And so it's the, it's the Holy Spirit that does the work through us. And as we do that, we crave more and more and more of him because we recognize we can't do it on our own. Serving in ministry develops hunger for more of God. Another thing we can do, simply ask. <laughs> Are you praying that God will give you a holy hunger? Ask God to shape your cravings toward righteousness and away from anything less than righteousness. Ask him to reveal the junk food in your life, <laughs> the, the, the things that are cluttering things up. And one that goes along with that is to seek him. Spending time with God, seeking him out. When you really spend time with Jesus, you'll find yourself craving more. And this is where the tasting, the wonderful taste, the sauce draws us in for more. Taste and see that the Lord is good, the psalmist says. Taste and see that the Lord is As we get a taste for him, if we really get a taste for him, we will be drawn Closer and closer. You do this during, during your, your personal daily time in prayer and, and Bible reading. You do this uh, throughout your day as, as you live life, uh, constantly staying connected to him. You do this every week as you come here to worship and you, you, you uh, allow him to, uh, to, to flow uh, into you and, and you taste and see that God is good and he's moving and working and, and you celebrate that and it draws you to more and more and more and it develops your hunger and your appetite. You stay away from those things your appetite gets drawn toward other things. But if, we're, if we have that, that conscious decision, I am going to seek after God personally. I'm going to seek after God through the church. I'm going to seek after God in a, in a, in a Sunday school class or a, a life group. I'm going to seek after God as I, as I uh, pray and, and read scripture and allow him to reveal himself to me. I'm going to, it's, it's a pursuit. It's a, it's a, it's a holy uh, draw to him. And as we taste and see that he is good, we find the joy and the life that he brings. It's funny, uh, we preachers get pretty hung up on getting people to to come to church. We, uh, we guilt people into it. We guilt them when they don't come. Uh, it, it's not really, though, uh, I have to remind myself all the time, maybe not so much anymore. It's not really about it getting your seats into these seats. <laughs> that's not really the point. Except that, I believe that that's one key way that you can develop your hunger for righteousness. It's not just about checking off a box, I went to church today, I guess I'm holy. No, <laughs> you could come to church today and, and be the awfulest sinner in the world. Um, the point isn't attendance or turning in statistics or, or uh, uh, having seats filled in here, except that that is one key way that, that we believe, that the church believes, that you can develop a hunger and a drive and a desire for more of God. I want you to be hungry and thirsty for your relationship with God, to be drawn closer to him, to be rightly related to him and be filled with him so that you can be more filled with him, so that you can be more. And so as you keep, you keep hungering, he keeps filling. My desire when you wake up on a Sunday morning 
is that, well, maybe not the first words out of your mouth, but somewhere in the process, you, you pray with the psalmist, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul thirsts for you, O God, uh, for the living God. Uh, when can I go and meet with God? Oh, I gotta wait till 10.30? Oh my goodness, I don't think I can wait that long. I'm bursting to know God more. When can I go and meet with God? Uh, you wake up in the, in the morning, and I've got so much to do today, I don't know if I can, I can handle it. I've gotta spend time. So God can fill me or else I'm going to be worthless today. It's a drive and it's a desire. It's a passion. It's whether you like gazelles or not, I still love the picture of that cheetah running for all it's worth to fulfill its hunger, to be satisfied. Are you craving righteousness like that? I know I'm a work in progress. I would guess we all are. My desire is that I'm constantly trying to cultivate my cravings, cultivate my hunger so that God can be seen more and more in that relationship. So in an attitude of prayer, oh God, I have tasted thy goodness and it has both satisfied me and made me thirsty for more. I am painfully conscious of my need for further grace. I'm ashamed of my lack of desire. Oh God, the triune God, I want to want thee. I long to be filled with longing. I thirst to be made more thirsty still. 